Welcome to Your Security, a podcast in walking victimless in today's world. I am your host, Gabriel Grimes. In this podcast, I discuss how to stay alert and situationally aware no matter where you are or where you go. I'm just good at caring too Good morning, beautiful people. It is April 15, and this is episode 52, and day 30 of the COVID response. One month now, ladies and gentlemen, one month. We have been self-quarantining, self-stay-at-home. I'm not exactly sure what is the key phrase we're trying to use here to pretend like we're not being held captive in our own homes by some (laughs) dangerous, invisible evil foe. But I have to say, um, I'm enjoying being at home. I'm enjoying being with family. It's been uh, it's been very enriching and uh, communication has gotten much better at the home, which is great. I think that's something that everybody is um, striving for. If not striving for, we should be striving for it without a doubt. It has been 30 days, 30 long days. Who would have thought that we would be kept home for a whole month in our homes. I think that it would be a surprise. And I, and I keep saying this over and over again, <laughs> just because it does seem like a dystopian world that we're living in. So what will we see in the next 30 days in this new strange world? Will we start being run by apes like Planet of the Apes? Will zombies start to roam the, the planet? Will, uh, who knows, will aliens come down? and strike everyone dead who has had, or maybe who hasn't had, the virus. Who knows? I mean, I can think of a couple of scenarios. Can you imagine if the virus creates some sort of protection layer for those who have take, who have gotten it, and so they can't get some other sort of strange virus, and so they become the superhumans of uh, tomorrow? I don't know. I think that would probably be reversed because the ones we're catching it are, are not necessarily the, uh, the more athletic of all of us. So maybe maybe they will. Who knows? Maybe the ones who don't have it will be identified as the ones who will go up the evolutionary chain. I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, I am just trying to point out the fact that we are living in a strange, strange world. And even though we live in a strange world, I have to say that crime does not change. The bad guys are still out there. They're still looking for ways to get at us, to take away that which we have worked for, worked hard for. They're looking for ways to game the system. I think, um, and and you know what, I don't want to be cavalier about this, but I think we all try to game the system in one way or another. I'm not saying we're all criminals, but I mean, don't we look for the best ways to save money? Don't we look for the best ways to become more economic in the way we do things at home or, or abroad or at work? Don't we look for discounts? Don't we look for maybe the best route home, shortcuts, financial shortcuts? We're always looking for a way to do more with less. And that's how the bad guys do it as well, except they're not doing it through methods that are condoned by the law. So 
if you were to consider that, if you were to think, okay, this is how they're thinking, then it may help you understand their mentality and uh, understand how to better protect yourself in the future or as you're walking in your uh, wherever you are. Crime is still out there, guys. So you know what I've noticed is I've I've been keen on other ways of getting my information. Like for instance, Facebook. You know, Facebook has these groups and a lot of times people, neighborhoods will create a group and within that group, then they post the different activities and trends that are going on in the neighborhood or even in the city. I think that is a fantastic way of staying on top of things. That I've noticed that there's another app called Nextdoor. I've mentioned that a couple of times in other episodes. Nextdoor is another great one to sign up and to see what's going on. And finally, Twitter. Uh, I know there's a lot of activity going on in Twitter, but if you get onto Twitter and then you were to filter down for your neighborhood, I'm sure you'll be able to find some really interesting posts or people that, that want to and desire to post about what's going on in the neighborhood. Now, granted, you're going to find people who are going to be posting, overly posting and posting about stuff that is maybe not in of interest to you. Lost dogs or cats, or maybe there's a wild animal that's walking through the neighborhood, or just strange activities from the next door neighbors. Whatever that is, that you have to look through that and you have to start looking at your trends. And your trends are an uptick where normally you see a burglary every week. You're seeing now two, three, four, and it starts to increase. That's when you have to start paying attention to what's going on. Crime will always be there, and they will all, the criminals will always pick on the people who are not aware, who are not alert. So stay alert, stay aware, not only when you're walking around, but of the crime trends, and you'll know what is it that the criminals are trying to uh, take advantage of and how to protect yourself when it comes to you and yours. One of the things that I always like to focus on is cameras. You know, cameras are really good and we should have cameras in our homes, uh, like our doorbell, our doorbell cameras. And I mentioned those yesterday. They're Simply Safe. I mentioned Simply Safe. I mentioned uh, the Amazon Ring. Um, and there are others. ADT, I believe, has one as well. But these are cameras and doorbells that are mounted to our front door or our door frame and helps us see who's coming up to our house. It can be used to determine, you know, who is dropping off what bags or boxes or whatever it is that we're getting from the parcel service. Or it could also help us see the neighbor that's coming in to ask us for that cup of sugar that you don't have or you didn't want to give to him in the first place. Whatever the case is, it's really good to have a good camera system around your house. But Remember this, a camera system does not prevent crime. And I was really um, surprised that we saw this on an, on, a, <laughs> on an article, or I saw this on an article this morning. It's called uh, the Marine Corps Times, and it's posting that cameras at the barracks did not reduce crime. Of course, cameras do not reduce crime. Cameras can create a... A, a psychological barrier for, for some individuals because they see that there's a camera there and they feel like they don't want to be seen. And so by not being seen or recorded, then they won't do the action. 
But that doesn't necessarily mean it goes for everybody. And crimes of passion are just that. It is a crime of passion, and it is not expected. That person will act. He is not thinking properly. He doesn't care about the cameras. He or she is not caring about the cameras. He just wants to get that done because it is an almost a knee-jerk reaction. So what do we know about cameras? Cameras are great for monitoring, right? So if you are monitoring your, your cameras, like I mentioned, these doorbells, that I mentioned before, you can have those video feeds come directly to your phone. And when it comes directly to your phone, then you can um, speak to the person coming to your house and you can address um, the situations that way. That is what's important when it comes to cameras. Or afterwards, for forensic measures, if you want to do an investigation later, those are why we have cameras, but not necessarily to reduce crime. What you can do is install IP lights. IP lights would be similar to the cameras in that it's using your your wireless uh, service around your house, but these lights associated with the cameras can be turned on and turned off when someone approaches your home. And those lights create the illusion that someone is at home. And that does reduce the number of criminal events around your home. So I would encourage that if you do put it on your cameras, which I'm 100% in favor of, but let's not, you know, trick ourselves in believing that a crime w that a crime will go down just because of the cameras. But if you include the lights, you will see a difference, a major difference. The, the criminals will decide to use to pick on another home and not yours. Travel. Yep. Uh, so as we start moving into this new world that coronavirus has left behind it, we are going to notice a lot of different things. So I'm talking to those individuals who are going to be doing a lot of travel, especially after this, uh, this situation this coronavirus pandemic, we are going to have to expect or you're going to have to expect the use of masks and gloves. I mean, so I would start thinking about now, even if you don't use masks and gloves, I would highly recommend you start looking what kind of gloves or masks you want to use. And that is what's going to help you as we navigate the new world of a coronavirus. Everybody's going to be hyperly vigilant and um, at least for the next year, there is going to be, uh, I would suggest, I would recommend that we all be prepared and have a couple of pairs of, of both, of masks and gloves. And if you don't like those N95 masks, then you're going to have to start looking for one of that you do like. And I'm sure they're going to start allowing uh, cloth masks. But so look out at the market and see which kind of masks you find to be the most comfortable and then start <laughs> getting one or two. No, one or two because you're going to have to have one or two in your bag to wash as you um, switch them out as you travel. And then also you're going to have to start thinking about temperature scans as we go through. Not only are we going to do the security scans at every um, 
airport, but we're also going to be doing these temperature scans. And temperature scans are like your, your fever scans. That's going to slow the process down. So think about that as you go through and start planning your travel. Understand that there is going to be some limitations, uh, time limitations, and other constraints that we're going to have to see as we move forward in this new reality. So what are we seeing in our numbers? So New York City. New York City, we can see here that... Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we have 6,589. That's of today. That's April 15th. That's an increase of 407 from yesterday's. And yesterday was 6,182. And then, now remember, these are the numbers of deaths that have been reported in New York City. And when I say New York City, I'm referring to, um, when I say the numbers of New York City, I'm referring to the numbers that have been reported to the New York City Medical Health department. So they are reporting, the New York City Medical Department is reporting 6,589 cases. Now, John Hopkins University for the same city, same time, they're reporting 7,905 cases. Same city, same time, same day, April 15th. Now, for John Hopkins University reported numbers, that is an increase of 556 from yesterday's 7,349. Still, New York City's medical office department is off by the John Hopkins University. Now, who is telling us the truth? That's anybody's guess. <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> It is a beautiful day. Yeah, I know, we're stuck at home. We can't do a lot of things that we would normally do, but we are getting to know our family. You know what I noticed the other day? Um, not necessarily my, <laughs> my family, but I was on a walk and I noticed that there was two kids going out to the local creek near my house and they were fishing for tadpoles and trying to catch crawfish in the in the in the little creek, and I remember that kind of activity when I was a kid. And what? How exciting! <laughs> it really brought back some really good memories. And you know what? I think that if it, we didn't have this uh, COVID nineteen, I don't think a lot of kids would be having these kind of experiences. Hopefully. Uh, doing this, that as we get back to work and we get back to doing things as normal, um, some of these habits that we're having to create to entertain ourselves and outdoor habits won't go away. We'll keep them up. I think this is going to be healthy for the whole nation. I mean, I'm, I'm always looking for the bright side of things, right? So how are you doing on your exercise? Yesterday, I did 7,000 meters on my rowing machine. Not as high as my 10, but 7,000 is nothing to sneeze at. I got outside, got some sunshine, like I mentioned. Eating whole foods. So what did I eat in whole foods? Uh, mm, I made chicken and turmeric rice. Oh, and my wife made uh, asparagus with shaved garlic nuts and salt in a butter sauce. It was delicious. No alcohol. Uh, being social, I reached out to several people to say hello and see how they're doing. 
I also participated in a teleconference, which was, as you can imagine, um, hilarious because it included people who've never done teleconferencing. So they just did not know how to start it. And it's always that first five to 10 minutes of, can you hear me? Do I hear you? Do you, do you see my screen? It was, that part was painful. But once that was done, it wasn't too bad. Well, you know what? We don't have very much to do anyway. So being on a conference call with people who don't know how to be on a conference call is, <laughs> is actually kind of humorous in and of itself. <clears throat> so what is my routine? Still, my routine is still not established. I wake up in the morning. I get the information done for the podcast. I set out the podcast. And then um, from there I get, I drink my cup of coffee and um, and then I do breakfast, lunch, sorry. And um, then after lunch, everything kind of falls apart. Lamentably, I, my after lunch routine is it's quite shabby. I'll need to write that down to get it, get better, get back on track. One last thing I wanted to point out on healthy and also the coronavirus crisis is a study from the New York University. It's a study on obesity, and I'll have this link also in the description part of the podcast. And it says that the leading factor or commonality after age in the COVID infections and death is obesity. I like them apples. Obesity. So first is, is age. So it's the older you are, the more likely that you will, that you'll have it, or you're more likely to be infected by it. And then after that, it's obesity. So the more obese you are, the more likely you'll, you'll catch it. And they, they tried to couch it, couch the study just a little bit so that it wouldn't make some people upset, I'm sure. But the, the, the gist of it, if you read the, the article, if you are obese, well, excuse me, they're saying that of the people being studied, the major, what they've seen is the, most of them are of a certain age and most of them are obese. That's what they're saying. So they're leaving it up to you. Is obesity a factor? I don't know. I don't know, but it's an interesting study, and I think it should be uh, it should be considered, and it, uh, it should go right back to some of these healthy concepts we should be following every day, and not necessarily because of COVID, but just because we want to take care of our bodies, exercise, get some sunshine, eat healthy foods, stay away from alcohol, and I'm you know like I've mentioned before, I am no teetotaler, but. Alcohol is a depressant. And during this time, when a lot of people are depressed, probably not one of the things you want to be drinking. <laughs> um, be social and have a routine. Stick to the routine. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. I love you all very much. And I'm hoping you are staying healthy and well. And remember, you are security.